Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents Channel. My name is Jesse Durham. I'm very excited for this installment in our interview series where we're going to be having a conversation with a fellow practitioner of the infinite banking concept, someone who's implemented this concept into their own personal life, but furthermore with a colleague that's a professional in this space. Let me first, let me go back to when you're getting those first policies, you and your husband each started right out of the gate with one policy each. And I think it's so important that folks do start where it's appropriate for them. Right. Individuals, right. marriages, what everybody, nobody's the same. Everybody should start right. where it's appropriate for them. We got our first policy on me. It was probably six, eight months, something it was less than a year. And we did get a policy on my wife as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. But how did you, because you already threw the number out there. And we can tag that even to, you know, the time that's, that's significant dollars. Mm -hmm. it is. How did you guys approach? Cause this is a big question for prospects of ours, right? Folks that we talk with that we're trying to help them understand this concept and they're trying to decide what's an appropriate amount of premium for themselves. How did you guys approach that number? How did you get there? What did you, what did you talk about? Explain that please. Well, basically, when the, you know, the our mentors sat down with us, um, we began to look at, you know, what was our goal? At that time, we were your typical, you know, married couple with debt, <laughs> mm -hmm. yin -yang, basically. Um, sure. you know, we had automobile debt, we had credit card debt, we had a mortgage at this time, you know, so... Um, they kind of sat down and literally kind of mapped out, uh, if you will, I'll never forget, it was it was a spreadsheet, you know, that they had kind of mapped out, here's your debt. And, you know, basically based on the premium amount, here's when, you know, we can project that you will be out of debt, you will be back in control of mm -hmm. your, um, and our the, the first thing we wanted to get rid of at that time was our, our car loans. And so that was a big ticket item because I, I if I remember correctly, I think it wasn't too long before that we had purchased, you know, a, a car for me. And so I think um, that was the, the motivation in terms of the size of the premium. And I totally agree with you in terms of um, the, it's going to be different for everybody. That's the beauty about working with someone who kind of specializes in the infinite banking space, because the goal is not to have to come up with new money. The goal is to redirect money that's already going away from you. That's and, right. and that's kind of where you want to sit down with someone who can kind of map out and then give a timeline as to when we can get back in control of the money that's going away from you. And so we, that for us, that kind of came up also at the time my husband and I, we had built up a, a business that we had because by this time we got into network marketing. We were very successful. So we had built up, you know, um, some savings. So we had some money that was just sitting in the bank as well. 
So we just kind of redirected those dollars instead of taking those dollars and immediately paying off, you know, our our cars or whatever, we directed, she explained to us how we can actually make those dollars more efficient by first depositing them inside of an insurance policy and then going after the debt. And so that for us, that's what we've done. Now, subsequent policies, I, you know, we have other policies. I've got policies on my grandkids where the premiums are like a couple thousand dollars, you know, so it, it, it's just whatever the situation warrants at the time and based on the budget that a person has at the time, then that's how we start. And one of the things that I tell people is that this is your first policy. It's not going to be your last. So, mm -hmm. you know, we start where you're at right now and then we can build from there. You're going to have a second policy, a third policy, a fourth policy. And each one of those policies may get bigger and bigger in terms of your premium dollars. Sure, sure. I, I'm certain that you have now, but I wonder perhaps what it was like and when it happened that you maybe made a connection between the Robert Kiyosaki part of your mind saying, let assets pay for liabilities. Exactly. And then you're hearing someone who's your mentor on infinite banking saying, let's make these dollars more efficient. You've got lazy dollars here. You've got dollars that are inefficiently, you know, being cash flowed out there. They're not touching an asset. That that connection between those exactly. two different voices in your mind? They How were. is that? <laughs> right. They were. That's a, I realized that that's why I say Robert Kiyosaki's book was the starting. It opened, it opened the mindset. Um, and, and once the mindset is in open, then you're going to start receiving information um, from different, uh, uh, I should say, other areas that are going to line up. And it did, you know, with what Robert Kiyosaki, Robert Kiyosaki is always about assets. You know, you are um, investing those dollars. So those dollars, so those assets can then, you know, pay for the, he calls them doodads that you want, you know. Right, um, sure. But, but the goal is to get your dollars to work for you. And that's really what infinite banking is, 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 is doing is your, your dollars are become, are more efficient inside this tool than it is sitting, you know, saving up in bank of America, Wells Fargo, or whatever, you know, um, and so it, there, there was that connection. It's like a building block, you know, between, you know, what, I learned from Robert Kiyosaki to why we were even open to learning more about this infinite banking concept. Sure. And I love the fact that you said in the beginning, when you got your first policies that you knew it was a good thing that you were doing and you still, but you still also had that same moment of, we just put 40,000, you know, we just put serious money into this new thing that we're doing while knowing that it's a good thing, you know, I don't know everything about my marriage, but I know it's good and I know exactly. it's for me and I know that I want to keep going. You know what I'm saying? I don't know everything there either, but I'm certainly glad that I started exactly. and it's continued to get better for me. And I just think that, you know, infinite banking is one of those things. It's called the infinite banking concept for a reason. There's always another level to our mentality, to our application of the process itself everything, even, even growing and scaling yeah. your private banking system by getting more policies mm -hmm. like you've described. Okay. So you got your first couple of policies. 
was there a big was there a big hurdle once you had the thing to using it to beginning the process actually financing something i mean how did y'all use y'all's first couple of policies right. yeah the 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 first policies we actually like i said our goal was to pay off our car so shortly mm -hmm. after the policies were put in place you know our mentors taught us you know how we take that first loan and you know i'm gonna try to dig up that spreadsheet i think that would be really good um that would be neat to look at <laughs> yeah, again I, I gotta search for that spreadsheet um but you know to to basically take our first loans and then to pay off our policies um and then she taught us you know how to set up you know the amortization schedule and then basically pay ourselves back so it like i was going through the mechanics of it Mm -hmm. But I didn't necessarily completely understand it. You know, that's okay. what I, that's what I always tell people is like you don't always understand it initially, but as you can as you use your policy, it becomes, you know, it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer. You know, so it for me again, I'm I'll say I'm the slow learner. I'm the one that takes a little bit more time to digest something. Um, so it took me a minute, but I in our family, I pretty much handle the finances. So you know, I I worked with it. Um, but eventually we were um they we paid off our cars and then we paid off, I think we paid off our credit cards first, and then we paid off our cars. Okay. Um, next um, were the primary things. And what I will say is when that happened, there was such a level of freedom that came off my shoulders, um, that a, a level of peace that came over me because I, you know, for all your, your, your I'm going to say for all your women out there who, you know, kind of handle the finances, you know, we're, we're constantly looking at, okay, do we have enough money? And most of the times, you know, we were at that time where we had more month than we had money, you know, so you're mm -hmm. always trying to juggle. You're always trying to, you know, to some extent, rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. Um, and the thing about when you have all this debt, there's a heaviness that is upon you, you know, and that heaviness is you're in some respects living paycheck to paycheck. And you know that, hey, if that paycheck doesn't come in or doesn't come. And at the time, my husband was more commission, commission based. So um, with AT&T, you know, because he worked on the sales side, um, working with, you know, companies and, and um, you know, selling the long distance or whatever, he'd have to explain that part. But so it wasn't the paycheck wasn't always the same every month, sure. you know. Yep. So you, when I'm, you know, juggling, okay, we got to pay this credit card is coming due, or this one's, you know, um, this bill is coming due. You know that that creates a, a sometimes an anxiety or sometimes a heaviness. Um, but I remember when we, you know, made this, you know, we did take money that we had sitting in savings, basically, and 
Um, you know, we paid for the premium, but then within, I don't know, I'm going to say a couple of weeks, we turned around and requested a loan and we paid off different things. And once that happened, there was such a freedom because I was no longer, there wasn't a, an obligation to the credit card company or the, you know, the, the, the car loan company. Um, I remember when we got the congratulations, you know, your car is paid in full or whatever, you know, it was like, wow, that is so freeing and so exciting. And now I can adjust our budget based upon what we could do to pay ourselves back. So there was a freedom that happened at that time. And for me, that was really exciting. You know, that's what kind of kept me going. You know, okay, I want to know more. I want to understand more. Um, and to this day, you know, we are, you know, my husband and I, literally, I control our entire banking process. And I still have that same freedom today. And we're like, what? almost 20 years down the road, I guess, something like that. Um, you know, and I still have that, that freedom now. I don't, I'm not beholden to the credit card company. I'm not beholden to some finance company. I'm not beholden to the bank. Um, literally I control our entire debt load through our banking process. So that's one of the things that I do say is that, you get control back, you know, when you do this process, you, you begin to realize, I think that's what came to me, you know, early on was the fact that I was now in control of every dollar that came into our, into our hands and mm -hmm. you know, where it's going to go. I get to direct where it's going to go. It's not, you know, car company that says you you must send me by the 15th, you know, $300 a month or $400 a month, you know. Um, I personally, just my personality, I don't, I'm a control freak. I don't like anybody else controlling my stuff, you sure. know. So for me, it it just gave such a level uh, of freedom uh, financially. Right. And, and I know that we're not unique in having that starting point of Maybe we've got some savings, but they're in these systems or these programs where there are these terms and conditions. And maybe we do own or we have possession of some things, but there's collateral involved, whether it's a home or a car. And yeah, if we don't make that right. payment by the 15th, they will pull that out from exactly. under us. And, yeah. you know, we do have these debts. We, we do have these conventional plans and the freedom you've mentioned, the control. I've brought up the, you know, the, the factor of collateral. What about, what about guarantees, knowing that we can have guaranteed growth where we do decide right. to capitalize our money? And there, there are all these different factors that can be under this umbrella of freedom mm -hmm. that you're talking about, under this exactly. umbrella of control that you're talking about. And I think that's so relevant, not just on the financial side of things, because we are talking about people and we are talking about marriages and we are talking about homes where, you know, it's purported that that stress can be one of the biggest things that will work against having a healthy marriage. And one of the biggest things at the top of the stress list happens to be the money, happens to be the finances. Exactly. So it's so very exactly. relevant for all the things that you've mm -hmm. you've brought to to my mind in hearing about your trajectory. All right. So let me ask another question then. Mm -hmm. You you've got your first couple of policies. You're using those policies. How did you guys approach getting to a third policy? What life event? What revelation? You know, what did you have going on 
when you decided, you know, it's actually time for us to add to what we're already doing? Good, good question. And actually, our next policy came with our first grandbaby. Okay. That was our, our next policy that we put in place, you know, because, well, in between there, well, I'll say the policies my husband and I control, but prior to our grandbaby, the next policies that were set up were for my my sons. Both my sons have their own policy. So we began to teach them. They were kind of our first people, sure. uh, if you will. They were, um, let's see, my, my youngest son was a, his sophomore year in college by that point um, when we got his policy. I have to think about the timetable. Um, and then my my oldest son was had graduated college. So they're for sure young adults. Young right, adults. they're young adults, but we, yeah, the theirs were the next policies that were set up, but they own those policies. We actually talked to them and taught them the infinite banking process. But the next pod, the third policy that my husband and I did was our grandchild's policy. Okay. Let me ask this then, Miss Robin, is mm -hmm. you had your policies, you encouraged your sons to get their own policies. So did, did that make them both the payers and the owners of those policies? Yes, they are the payers Wonderful. and the owners of their own policies. Um, maybe because we wanted them to learn. Because here's the thing that I talk about. My focus is um working with families generationally mm -hmm. uh, so the one thing that i wanted was for my sons to understand this infinite banking process because one day we're not going to be here and the cherry on top of all this infinite banking process is the death benefit that gets passed on right when it gets passed on what do, does the, if you will, the next generation, what do they do with it? Sure. So it was important for my husband and I that our boys understood um, the, you know, the infinite banking process. So that they pick up that mantle, right? Not just leave that mantle laying on the ground, pick that exactly, mantle. Exactly. Exactly. Because again, ultimately we knew that one day we were going to have grandchildren or we hoped that we were going to have grandchildren. And so we wanted to know that if the boys understood it, then it's something that number one, they're going to be able to pass on to our grandchildren. But then also, you know, it's something that they are going to use properly, you know, once, you know, once the death benefit is passed on, there's a place they know what to do with them, you know. So they were the next policies that we got set up was their policies, and we wanted them to learn it, um, to learn how to use their policies. Um, our our my husband and I's next policy was our first grandchild's policy, um, because Nelson talks about. You know, if, you know, we as parents put it on our grandchildren, think of what that policy can do compounding for the next 30, 40 years, you know, of our grandchildren's life, you know. So 
um, our first grandson uh, we had and, and that, that was a no brainer, you know, to put a policy on our first grandchild. Then the next one was our second, you know, then our third. And now we just had our fourth grandchild, which I'm already, you know, I already talked to my youngest son. He has the the newest grandchild and it's like, okay, son, you know, let's get doing things together. You know, we want to start the policy on that grandchild as well. So um, that's how we've gotten subsequent policies. Um, but I'm actually, after the first of the year, we will be taking out an another policy on ourselves, you know, so um, each one on ourselves. So we, I, I believe in it. I walk it, I breathe it, I live it, I operate in it. Um, so having multiple policies, I have, you know, no problem with it. Uh, and it's definitely the place that I want to, if you will, put money or park money or deposit money is inside my policies versus sitting in a bank account. Sure, sure. And it's just a natural progression when you use policies the way that you described, just you and your husband, mm -hmm. accounting for the things that you already had, goals, plans, ambitions in life. You're going to do that. Okay, but we're doing it this way now as our own bankers. And when you do get to pay things off and you experience that freedom, of course, you want to perpetuate that to the next generation and the next generation. And you want to build on that system and you want to scale that system. And, and it'll become it will become obvious that, okay, we have a new family member. We need to, we need to start, you know, that little privatized bank on, on exactly. that person in the family. Exactly. And then same thing. Hey, we accomplished these goals over here. We're keeping more of our money. We don't want that to build up anywhere too big other than, well, maybe the next system, if that's, you know, when it's appropriate for you to add on. So I love this. I love everything about it. So I see so many avenues in this conversation where we could go down some others, but if you, if you looked ahead, then you've already described some. You and your husband are looking at getting more policies probably at the start of the next mm -hmm. next year. And we're at the end of 2023 right, right now having this conversation. Just had another baby recently born into the family. Congratulations. I, I love. So we have family meetings. We have regular family meetings. And, and I do use that opportunity for us to talk about infinite banking and, and having an intergenerational legacy where, again, for me, like you, financial education is is at the forefront there mm -hmm. because then it's just tools and the mechanics like you already described mm -hmm. following on on what you know to do. You know, right. money's just a tool. You need to know how to use it. Just like a hammer's a tool. You need to know how to use it. So is there anything else maybe on your radar looking ahead that you foresee in your own household or in the family at large, how infinite banking is impacting what you're doing? Yeah, let me tell you, Jesse. I have, I, and I said I was going to sit down and 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 figure out exactly because I have gone through my immediate family, and mm -hmm. my husband and I have talked to each and every family member, starting with my mom and dad, all the way down. Well, you know, we have policies on the grandkids. They don't, you know, they don't have a clue, but. Um, what I've looked at at our own family, I didn't start out with this um, uh, vision, but it has created the vision in me about creating um, generational family dynasties, banking dynasties, okay? Um, because what I see now is like my mom and dad, 
they were in their, oh, let's see, they're both in their 80s now. So they were in their, say, 60s, you know, mid 60s when they got their first policy, when we introduced them and they got their the first policies. And what so we've gone, we've gone down in the family tree and up in the family exactly. tree. I love it. So my mom and dad both have policies, but they don't have policies on themselves because they were uninsurable. Okay. So okay. this this is one thing that I always say is that there's there's many ways to accomplish something. And so my my dad has, you know, policy on me and he has policies on my sister's kids, um, two, two daughters. And then my mom has policy on my sister. So they own them. They control them. But we're the insured. My sister and I are the insured people. Um, right. But they have policies, um, several policies. My sister and her husband have policies. There are policies on my nieces. Um, there are policies on my sons. There's policies on our grandkids. Um, so there's policies on my, you know, my daughter-in-law, their wives. So we have a, a number of policies within our family. My long-term vision is really what I picked up from really Nelson Nash and my mentor is where you build um, a family banking dynasty where nobody in the family has to go outside of the family's bank to finance the things of their lives, you know? That's right. I The vision I have is my grandchildren, when they're ready to go buy a house, they don't have to go to, you know, the traditional bank, give blood, beg, and, you know, and That's right. with all the terms or whatever. They have a number of banks that we can finance their, you know, houses through, their cars through, you know, the things that people want and need in life, we can finance it um, within the family. So to, to help family generationally understand infinite banking, think of the power that brings within that family dynamics. They never have to go out for anything. And then as each person, you know, I always say we're all on a conveyor belt and at one point we're going to fall off. You know, when that person dies, that death benefit now comes back into if you will, the family banking dynasty, and it just continues, you know, to be there for each and every, you know, family member that is involved. So mm -hmm. my vision has really been to talk to families generationally, you know, to, to, you know, talk to mom and dad and say, here's, you know, here's why you want to look at this. You love your grandchildren and you want your grandchildren to have the financial freedom and understanding will start now because think of something that's going to compound, you know, 30, my grandkids are 10, nine and, and five, you know, and, and the, other one is like seven, eight months old now. Um, you know, so they're they're all young. So if you think about it, if you know, 30 years, 20 years, 30 years from now, what is that policy gonna look like? Uh, you know, what is it gonna be when they need to go to college? 
or mm -hmm. they need to, you know, buy a car or, you know, they want to go off on a mission trip or something, you know, where are they going to get the money, you know? And then the goal is you're not going to give them the money. They're going to learn how to do the banking process themselves, you know? So, um, so that's my, my long, my big vision when I'm talking to, you know, I might be talking to, you know, the, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm working with a client now it's the son, but now the son has introduced me to his mom, you know, his, his parent, you know? So now I'm talking to the mom and that's the goal is like, mom, let's get something on you. Let's get, you know, son, let's get something on you. And then, oh, the son wants to do something for his newborn baby, you know? Sure. So it, building generationally is really where we want to go after because then that strengthens the entire um the, the entire financial dynamics of of a family when something happens and or there's a financial need you know we don't have to do chicken dinners or fresh fried dinners or gofundme accounts or anything like that we can handle that financial situation within the family banking dynasty that's right. That's right. It's what Nash described as a self-sustaining system mm -hmm. in his book. That's what you yeah. can accomplish when you start thinking and planning and acting intergenerationally, like, like what you're describing and like what you're doing. So Ms. Robin, I could pursue so many different avenues. I want to pursue so many different avenues of things that we've, that we've touched on, but if I could ask you to share anything that would be encouraging to somebody who is maybe being exposed to this infinite banking concept for the first time, or they're still vetting it and they see this information, what would you encourage them with? What, what, what would you suggest that they consider? Okay. Um, number one, you, you've got to be open. What I realize is life insurance is nothing new. It, it's been around for over a hundred years. It's solid, it's stable, it does what it's supposed to do. So that's not the issue, life insurance. It's the process of banking, you know, using this tool for banking. That's where we're, most of us, or I call mainstream America, we, we really don't understand. We don't connect with this process you're talking about. I, I understand life insurance. I understand death benefit. I understand, you know, yeah, I pay into it and pay into it. And one day when I die, you know, there's a, there's a legacy for, you know, my loved ones, but I don't understand this, this banking process. So one of the things I always tell people is you've got to be open to learning. You, you, you got to understand that you don't know what you don't know. And the banking process in itself isn't new either. It's not this, you know, this shiny fangled tool that just came out of the box, you know, yesterday. It has proven itself over and over and over and over again. So number one is be open. Number two, get educated. You have got to, you've got to educate yourself about money and how money works. Um, number three, trust, you know, the, the connect with the person like the mentors who came into our lives. We didn't know them. They were, you know, strangers before, before we met them, but we built up that trust relationship, you know, um, and that I knew that, that, 
they were okay and we were okay. We we're going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. Um, and, and then, you know, get back in control because the only reason that we are, I believe mainstream America struggles financially is because there's so many different pressures or what Nelson calls headwinds against our dollars. Everybody and their mother is trying to separate you from your dollar. But mm -hmm. the thing that I tell people is that you have to understand money that leaves your hands can will stop working for you. It will start to work for somebody else, but it stops working for you. So the goal is that you've got to keep as many dollars under your control. You keep those dollars under your control, then those dollars can can continue to work for you. And dollars that, that compound upon themselves is going to grow and put you in a much better financial position then you handing your dollars off to, you know, every Joe Blow, Susie Lou that tells you, you know, some magic potion is going to make you <laughs> make you rich, you know. Um, so for me, that that is what I've done. I am simple. I am one that I didn't go to school for finances. I went to school for electronics. I I didn't grow up in a, you know, a, a family of entrepreneurs or, or business, you know, um, uh, mindset per se. You know, I was just one that was open to learning. And as I began to educate myself, then I did better with, you know, with our money. I could probably do better than where I'm at now as I gain more knowledge, you know, but I can say I'm doing better than what I was doing yesterday, you know? So sure. that's, you know, that's the thing that I would really encourage people, listen, be open to learning and then, you know, educate yourself, just grow the not get Nelson's book. There's a ton of good books out there on, you know, becoming, being your own banker. Get those books and just start reading and ask lots of questions. Um, people like myself, I love it. I tell people all the time, ask me a ton of questions and then I keep asking me and keep asking me until you understand, because that's my ultimate goal is for you to understand. Because once you understand, you're you're now you now have the ability to turn around and teach your family members. And honestly, I think um if, if we could create the movement of a ton of mainstream America having their own private banking systems, I think we could put these traditional banks definitely on high alert, you know, um, getting back in control of your money is the number one key. That's how you build wealth is controlling your dollars. I love that. Well, from myself, I can say that I can appreciate very much the time that you've described what you've done, your experience with infinite banking, how you've applied it in your life. I've already introduced you as a colleague in the space. So if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that, Miss Robin? Well, basically, they can go to my calendar and you might have to help me, Jesse. And we can and we can we can attach some links. You right. you can always let me know what you prefer as far as email contact, your calendar contact. 
Yes. Yeah. But you talk yes. with folks regularly all across the country. Like I've said already, you've been in this way longer than I have, both as someone who implemented infinite banking and someone who's a professional now helping other folks get started with infinite banking. So we can definitely attach some links. Yes, do that because you know we changed to this the new system. We're all we're all working with technology such <laughs> as it is now, right? And the and the links and these things change. We don't. We're still doing the same thing that we have been. We've been implementing infinite banking and we've been helping other folks implement infinite banking. And that's that's why I say I appreciate this so much because folks that are just getting exposed to this idea can learn just like I am. You, you've been doing infinite banking longer than I have. I got started by reading the book and seeing a presentation in 2015. You'd already been started. You're already building a legacy and all these different kinds of things. And here I am gleaning from it. I know that, uh, that other folks are as well. So we'll put some information out where folks can get in touch with you. Any last thoughts from you? Now, you know, I just appreciate you doing this, Jesse, honestly, because the key is people have to be exposed. We have to learn because nobody taught us these things. Um, so I appreciate you doing these podcasts. And, you know, I'm I'm the old girl on the block, you know, <laughs> meaning that I didn't grow up with social media and podcasts and all these different things. So I appreciate you doing this and getting the information out in front of people um, and encouraging people to just, you know, connect with you and, and just to learn, you know, um, these tools are very helpful. I didn't have any of these tools back in my day, you know, um, right. you know, so we just, it was phone calls and, you know, it was, it was books, you know, basically, or going to different seminars or whatever. So um, this is such a great platform to, you know, a great way to get the knowledge and information in front of people. And I just appreciate you doing it. And I appreciate you even asking me to just share my thoughts. Um, my thing is, I just really want to emphasize, guys, this is, this is, this is for you. Anybody can do this. This is, you don't need to be, uh, have any special knowledge or uh, you don't have to have a finance background or anything like that. You, you just got to take our hand, walk with us. We'll help you through it. And, um, you know, our hope and our prayer is that we will help you to impact your family as someone helped us to impact our own. So um, that's, that's what I would say, Jesse. That's fantastic. And that's exactly right. We're both benefiting from where others have labored for our good as well. And that's one reason why I would want to have you on because, you know, I'm a prophet in my own country too. You know, I know <laughs> that it does good for people that maybe know me, but to hear the same message from somebody else look, that has been in it in a, in a longer way and maybe a different way. And, but it's, but it's the same thing that you can be your own banker. You can have financial independence. I appreciate you. It's been an honor for me, Miss Robin. I look forward to reconnecting. I'll make sure to get your links and, and contact information out to folks. But again, thank you so much. Hope you have a, a Merry Christmas. We're about to that time of year. God bless you and your family. Appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate it. Awesome. 
I hope that you enjoyed mine and Miss Robin's conversation on the infinite banking concept. If you would like to implement or know more about how to implement the infinite banking concept into your household or your business or your investing, then don't hesitate to reach out. I've got a free presentation to introduce you to a comprehensive introductory look at infinite banking and my calendar link all on our website, durhamtalents.com. This has been a great pleasure for me. I look forward to that next conversation. Have a great day. Take care.